Hello, it's Jared from Transform Your Teaching. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We have had an absolute blast putting it together for you. We hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. We have a survey that we'd like you to fill out for us to help us to improve because we want to serve you and hearing from you will help us improve the podcast to serve you better. Just follow the link in our description and in the show notes. It won't take you long to do and we really do value your feedback. So please fill it out for us. Thanks in advance and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. The Transform Your Teaching Podcast is a service of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. We seek to inspire higher education faculty to adopt innovative teaching and learning practices. Thanks for joining our conversation. Welcome back to Transform Your Teaching here on the campus of Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. My name is Jared Piles and with me is Dr. Rob McDowell. We both work at the Center for Teaching and Learning here on campus. We are continuing our series on the what, why, and how of technology integration. In our previous episode, we answered the question of what is technology integration? And in this one, we logically go to the next one, which is why. So Dr. Robert McDowell, why technology integration? Well, this ties right back to our conversation about servant teaching. So if you're looking to do the best that you can for those that you serve, i.e. students, then you're looking to the future. You're looking to the future that they're going to inhabit after they're done with their education with you. Uh, To not prepare them for the future would probably not fit with servant teaching. So in that case, you should be, I believe, paying attention to the forms of technology or those forms of communication that are coming or that may already be here and they're going to really be a part of their working life, their family life, their church life, those things that are going to invade. We've kind of talked about some of those technologies here on on the podcast, one of those being, you know, the push of of AI mm-hmm. into yep. the mainstream uh with ChatGPT. Um and as we as we really think about you know the why of technology I think those are the pieces that really stand out to me the most and and because um you got to be thinking how am I preparing my students for the future and if I'm not using this technology then I'm not preparing them and if if you're not going to use the technology then you need to have a really good reason as to why which is fine and why, for a, a Christian scholar, this isn't something that you should use, regardless if everybody else is using it. So, you know, you don't want to be, we don't want our students to be lemmings, so to speak, you know. Well, I did it because everybody else is. But I think we really want to impart wisdom um, and good tool usage. Um, we've talked about using it ethically, right? And that all stems from our philosophy of of not just education, but our own personal philosophies of how we should live life and, and then who we're going to be responsible to answer to at the end of it. 
Um, in terms of why technology integration, I think kind of already answered that to some degree, but I think moving into it, I know you and I have had some conversations about um, what came out of the K through 12 sector as 21st century skills. Right. And, right. and how those are all philosophically laced, but um, I think you had some, some really good ideas around that. Yeah, I, I just want to add something when you mentioned about servant teaching and um, technology integration. I mean, the, the, the main drive, at least from my perspective of servant teaching, is knowing your students uh-huh. and meeting their needs mm-hmm. and using technology effectively, integrating into your, and it's not just what you use to present your information. Uh-huh. This is talking about technology integration, not only what you use as an instructor, but what your students are using to fulfill your assessments and assignments and stuff right. like that too. So we talk practically, like when Jim Leitenheimer was on, he talked about how he is, you know, his his um, his courses are very niche, right? They're very much a audio-specific learning how to use, learning how to set a mic, learning how to, the proper mic placement, how to, how to EQ something correctly. I'm pulling back all of my information from freshman year. You know, you put, you have an AB and you do this, you put this here and you put this here and you put your EQ in this level and you limit things and you gate. Those are all specific things, but they're things that are necessary um, for, for me as an audio student to know when I go out into the field. Right. But he also has to be aware of all that stuff as well, too. He has to know the changes. Right. So I talked with my professor and friend, Jim Leitenheimer, which we've had on previously, talking specifically about the instructor's role of technology and learning new technology. And I was wondering because, you know, when I was here for four years, four different years of sound and audio integrations and stuff like that, and I asked him, over that course of years, we had two different boards that we used. One was mm-hmm. analog, and by the my junior year and senior year, it was all digital. So I've asked him in his 80 years of teaching that he's had, and I'm going to keep doing that because I think it's hilarious, how many boards he's had to learn, not use, but learn, over 15 in That's his That's a year. lot. And, but so it's part of his role as an instructor to not only use it effectively, but learn the new stuff. So he can teach others. So he can teach others how to yeah. use it, yeah. And that goes for any field. Yeah, oh yeah. Right? It goes for any field. So once again, I feel like chat GPT should get a byline in this podcast because we're I'm using it a lot. Because, it, I mean, it's, it's a great jumping off point for discussion, right? Yeah. Which would be great. But anyway, I had it, I asked it, what's, what's the goal of technology integration? And this is the answer that it gave and we'll talk about each of these little phrases here, but here's what it said. The goal of technology integration is to enhance learning experience, improve student engagement, promote collaboration, and support the development of 21st century skills. We've already kind of hit on especially the collaboration and 21st century skills, but let's talk specifically about enhancing the learning experience. Oh, man. Technology, like anything, though, I mean, you can use a hammer for really good things like constructing constructing homes, as long as you hit the, the nail and not the thumb. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Um, and you can also use a hammer to put screws in. Yeah. 
But that's not really a good way to correct. use it. Exactly. Uh, and I think that's maybe some of the enhancement that you're you may be referring to is like using the right tools for the right job. Right. Yes. Um, that definitely enhances it. <laughs> for sure. Uh, uh, you know, I think we could probably come up with lots of different examples of when either we've used the wrong tool for the job. Or we've experienced that in our own learning context where it seemed like the goal of a particular assignment or assessment was X and the tool led you to Y. Um, and then it just left you as a student scratching your head or as a, as a teacher going, well, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to. Yeah, I, I'm also guilty of, of that or like, I really, really like using this technology. So I would try to find a way of shoehorning it yeah. into my... Finding a problem for it to solve. Exactly. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it because I'd be like, oh, I really want to try this. Yeah. But I have, I'll just fit it in here. And then the end of it being, well, that was pointless. Enhancing learning experience. That's it's a very subjective kind of term, though. I mean, from my perspective, and again, that's my perspective, um, and it's going to be based on the learner, uh, some things actually become barriers. You know, we've had issues where we've done online, especially when we went through COVID, right? And um, I think there was an assumption that everybody had good internet connection. Well, if they're here at Cedarville, they probably have a smartphone. That's probably not a great... It's it, I think, generally speaking, it's kind of true, but it's not completely true. You know, and we learned that. We learned that the hard way. We had some students who had to, because of where they lived, had to travel, in some cases, an hour away just to get decent internet connection to be able to access uh, some of the, the Zoom Zoom conferences or the Zoom recordings that they they needed to do, or even to download recordings that that faculty had made for them. So you know, I think we make a lot of assumptions um, about accessibility, and I know we have uh, a dear colleague of ours, Lauren Eisler, who really keeps us on our toes about you know when we create things or design things, is it accessible, and to think through you know, those kinds of questions. So enhancing it, yes, but it can also detract if we're not we're not thinking clearly sure. about who might have access and who doesn't. And I think that goes back to what we talked about in the previous episode about knowing your student needs. Uh-huh. You know, um, hopefully by the time that you get to a point where you have to do things on um, a technology integration you want to use, you know that you're, there are certain students that are not going to be able to access that. Or, I mean, something like COVID is such a huge, I mean, like you said, they're here on campus, they have reliable internet, but as soon as they're, you know, have to go home, or it may be a rural area or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, they're going to lose that. There's certain things you just can't predict, like like COVID was. Um, But for the most part, knowing your students well enough, and I think that's another reason that certain technology platforms and apps are so successful is that they number one work on a computer but also work on a mobile device yeah i think that that's almost a given at this point if it mm-hmm. doesn't work on a mobile device it's not going to be adopted yeah i um, mean because students definitely have mobile devices i.e I. smartphones in their hands probably a lot more than they have laptops yeah 
I, you know, the other thing I was sitting there thinking about as you were talking, um, and you reminded me of it is, uh, just recording. Yeah. That is a big enhancement for a lot of students. I mean, just think about that for a moment. You know, if you, if you just record whatever your lecture may be or content or a review, say of a test or, or certain content area, and you record that and then make that available to students. That's an enhancement way beyond what you and I had when we were in school. I mean, we had no way of going back and really listening to what was said. All we had were the notes that we were we were taking. Now, some faculty would give us their PowerPoints. I remember that, but not a lot. Um, we had some that would give us the fill-in-the-blank notes. Did you ever have any of those when you were here? Uh, yes, I did. Um, I don't know if, student, if faculty still do that or not. I have, um, some of them do, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah. um, I guess that's active learning to some degree. It is. Um, and, you know, probably helpful. But it still, even that fill-in-the-blank was a technology that kind of enhanced it for you because you were at least active during the content delivery. Whether you could reenact that or understand, be able to synthesize everything later on in your dorm room or in the library where you were studying or whatnot, that's a whole other issue. But now, if you got recordings, you know, some of it is like even some of them are synced with, with note-taking. Some students have access to that kind of software. Right. The next one, improving student engagement. Well, Look, that, that kind of goes to what I just said already. But I think there's an element of personalization uh-huh. that I think is involved there because... Um, the a popular term, at least in K-12, I don't know if it's in higher education or not, but I always heard about student voice and student choice, which is the idea of if you use technology, is it's a way of promoting voice and choice, which allows, for example, a good example of voice and choice is in English and the, in the language arts world, do a paper, you leave the Topic open-ended. Let the student choose. They have a voice in that decision, what they want to talk about. You give Mm. them the framework. You say, this is an argumentative essay, but you pick based on your own interests. Mm. That's voice and choice, right? Yeah. Giving them the opportunity to do that. And that, you know, through different technology tools, they're allowed to, they can research, they can explore their own interests, which creates more buy-in for that as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I think voice is, so that's more choice, but voice is really interesting. And I have, this is a literal voice story here, but I had a student, you always have the quiet kids in, in class and in, <laughs> in, in high school or even in college now. Um, but I had a student who never, she never spoke a word. I didn't know what her voice sounded like. She Whoa. never talked to me. She would email if she had a question. She just did not speak until I found a video discussion tool. It wasn't Flip. I think they were bought by Flip. I even forget what the name of the, I think it was called Recap. This is way back in, way back in 2015. I mean, it was like, seems like a decade ago, right? Well, it is almost a decade yeah. ago, I guess. Um, but, you know, it, it was a, it was a great tool. I would send up, it was kind of like Flip. I would send a prompt to them. And then on their devices, they would respond. And it was just 
them and the camera. And once they got over the initial giggles of, I'm on camera, it's weird, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this was back when, you know, FaceTime and, and Instagram stories weren't that popular. So people weren't always recording themselves like they are now. Um, but I saw all these responses because I could go back later and watch them all in a nice little vignette. It would put them all together in a collage. And all of a sudden, I saw this girl's face. And all of a sudden, she starts talking. Yeah. And I was like, my God. She's actually, and her response was the best response I had of the entire class. So this girl who has been silent has just been sitting on this great insights that I would have never gotten out of her unless I was able to talk to her through this app, mm-hmm. right? And I remember talking to her after class and I said, you've got such knowledge and you, you have such great expertise. You should share that more. And she was like, okay. But then <laughs> she never did talk in class. She would only talk through this app and she would only huh. talk to me. And so, you know, creating an engagement like that with the, you know, that's just something that it really seems to really have affected you towards technology and your interest in technology integration because you saw what it did for that student. It just lit a fire to really pursue that more because if, if it equipped a student who was normally very quiet in class with the ability to safely speak without judgment from anyone else in the class, then that to me is a huge win. Mm. Because it allows for all students to have a voice and to feel comfortable in their classroom environment. Because even in higher ed, the students come in with all these all these other factors that are going on in their lives that they don't want to talk about. They just want to show up to class. They want to get the notes. They want to go back to the dorm. They don't want to do anything else. Uh. Right? Giving them a way to interact in ways they feel comfortable, I think, is an, a win. And I think technology can really help with that. Yeah, I, I think you underscore what we're really about here, you know, what we try to do at CTL. And I think sometimes it could probably be taken as we're just technology fiends and that's all we do and all we yeah. think about. And and it's not really, that's not really the case. It's more, these are tools that really make a difference, can make a difference in students' lives. Could make an eternal difference in a student's life because... Again, we said the classroom is a technology, right? Yep. And your student was sitting in that technology but not using it. Yeah. And we both know that the best form of of motivation is not extrinsic. It's that that comes from within and, and moves out. You can motivate things extrinsically. There's no doubt about that. And I'm not, you know, we're not going to get into behavioral modification and those kinds of things on on this episode, Let's maybe not any, <laughs> maybe, maybe a future episode, but, <laughs> um, but really what we want to see is motivation from students and honestly from faculty to be an, an intrinsic motivation that transforms, right? It transforms their life, not for just some ordinary means, but, or, or purpose, but for one that, that God has ordained. And that that it glorifies him, and that's I think that's what you're pointing to. You know, when you saw that in your student, 
you saw someone actually using the talents and gifts that God gave them. And you wouldn't have seen that in that other form of technology. So after improving student engagement, ChatGPT also mentioned that technology integration um, can be used to promote collaboration. We're going to talk about collaboration a lot in the how episode of this. But I think it's important, and we talked about it previously in the previous episode as well, but I think it's important, again, to emphasize just how much collaboration can be done with technology. It allows for real-time group work without needing to be together. Right. I mean, you can span, you know, time zones. Yeah. Right? You can collaborate with someone from a completely different culture. I mean, you know, we really could spend a lot of time on on how technology has made the world flat. You know, there's there was a book that came out. Uh, it's been several years ago now. The world is flat. Um, and it's basically how technology from airplanes to computer technology, the internet, has essentially erased the time zones to some degree. Um, and... I think our faculty have experienced that in terms yeah. of collaborating with their students. I know personally of several faculty who have been in Europe or in Asia, you know, um, and teaching a class um, at the same time. Now, it was less than ideal in terms of sleeping patterns, but Correct. It's still, it still was something that uh, probably 25 years, maybe 30 years ago, was unheard of. We'll be able to talk more in depth and collaboration in our next two episodes talking about the how of technology integration. Yes, two episodes on the how. The first one we're going to talk very practically, but in the second one we're going to talk about, yes, you can use technology, but how well are you using it? And we'll talk about accessibility as a huge part of technology integration with our chief operating director of all accessibility things, Lauren Eisler, who worked with us here at CTL. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform. For more information, you can email us at ctlpodcast at cedarville.edu. Please consider subscribing to our blog, Focus, found at cedarville.edu forward slash focus blog.